0: What's up, all you creatures from
1: cy- buh, 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 buh. That all was right.
0: great. What's up, all you pizzas
2: from cyberspace? <laughs> I love cyber pizza.
1: <laughs> What's up, all you creatures from cyberspace? This is Garrett. This week we have a couple returning guests. We have the fabled, the the urban legend, the man himself, Gray. Dwight
2: Schroot. Oh, it co- Dwight Schrute. Hello. <laughs> it
1: could have been Dwight Schroot, but instead it's Gray.
2: Hello, folks. Hope <laughs> you're doing well.
1: Welcome back, sir.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: And we have, let's call her an all-star, a returning cast member, Alex. Thank you for having me back. Well, thank you all for being here. Um, I know Mark and uh, John would love to talk about this film, but unfortunately, they just weren't able to, we had no internet. That's really what it came down to. Our state just shut the hell down. So
2: it was a, it was a bad week in Texas, folks. Go Texas. And due to, uh, due to coronavirus
1: bubbles, we were able to get you two into the studio and we're doing this live. Fuck it. We'll do it live.
2: We're doing it live!
1: So, today we are talking about a movie that implements something very unique and special. The plotline rap synopsis. Now, I don't know if it, our listeners are familiar with this, but this is where a... a I want to call them... An, I almost said artist, but let's be honest. This is where a musician and or Cunning person... linguist? Yes, or person who just happens to own a mic, in some cases... Decides to make a rap to some beats about the movie that they just saw or they the script they just read.
0: And it usually includes a very hilarious music video that is tangentially related to the movie
1: in greater or lesser degrees. Yeah. Usually like cuts from the movie, like
2: clips. I would agree with that. Yeah.
1: Usually promo clips and then a a set that is usually just one person by themselves. <laughs> So um, some of you are aware of this, um, but to start this episode off, I wanted to find out what your guys' favorite, I don't even know, what, we, what would we call these things?
0: Favorite movie God synopsis sense. rap.
1: Let's start with you, Alex. What is your favorite movie rap synopsis rap?
0: Okay, so I decided to go with a more recent movie synopsis oh. rap. This had its really its heyday in the 80s and 90s. My pick is from 2012. I chose the classic Back in Time by Pitbull from Men in Black 3.
1: Wait a minute, hold on, hold on. You have arguably the quintessential movie rap With Men in Black by Will Smith for Men in Black 1. And
2: you went with part three, Pitbull's Back in Time? Listen. Did Will just not have enough Dales thrown in there for you?
0: Uh, You know what? There's not a single (laughs) Dale.
2: (laughs) That can't be Pitbull.
0: Basically, it's Love is Strange by Mickey and Sylvia with a sweet dance beat and Pitbull talking about time travel. Black
2: mask, black clothes with a I flipped it, black suits, white shirts, black glasses with a matching tag, like Agent J or Agent K, and I wish the whole world would. Okay, I'm trying to make a billion out of 15 cents, understand, understood, I'ma go get a movie. But no dollies. That makes me sad. Not
1: that I'm aware of. But does he specifically name drop the plot itself, though?
0: Oh, yes, he mentions Agent J and Agent K, and the whole plot's about time travel, so to understand the future, you gotta go back in time.
1: Honestly, I didn't even know that existed. So I'm, I'm kind of shocked and scared at the same time. So thank you for that. I'm gonna go listen to it's it It's pretty after
0: this. sick, I'm, I'm not intrigued. gonna lie.
1: And on that note, Gray, what do you got for us? So I kind
2: of have two. I couldn't decide which one. Well, actually, there is a supreme commander in this, and that's Ninja Rap from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 by the one, the only, Robert Van Winkle, also known as Vanilla Ice, also known as the Iceman. <laughs> Ice pop, man Cometh. Did he it pop was. any ronies while singing this song? Uh, yes, many ronies. Okay. All right. <laughs> many I ronies were popped
0: that day, I can tell mm-hmm. you.
2: And then the second one would be Deep Cover by Dr. Dre, if you want to give the serious angle.
1: And what movie was that from?
2: Deep Cover. I don't even know what movie that is. Really? Nor do no. I. Uh, I think you guys would like that movie. Oh,
0: man, I feel like such a rube right <clears throat> now.
2: Yeah, deep cover the tip, Killing motherfuckers if I have to. Cats too, but your niggas don't want to come you. I guess that's part of the game. But I feel for the nigga who think he just gonna come in shanks things with the swiftness, so get it right with the quickness. It was one of the earlier Snoop Dogg Doctor Dre collaborations. Oh, okay, all right. Oh, is
1: that the one that they mentioned in Straight Outta Compton that they're recording? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. all right, yeah. He has a song that he's like, like aren't you recording? He's like, for a movie, dog? And it's like, oh, I guess that's the... There we go. That would be it. All right, well, I knew a little something even though it had no context whatsoever. <laughs> well, but, tell
0: us about your pick.
1: Please. Well, I, I want to take a moment to 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 delve into Ninja Rap because that was a very unique take on the rap synopsis because that actually happened in the movie itself. The movie wasn't <laughs> even over. They True. They threw this straight into the plot line itself. Now, I know there's a really interesting story. You should actually go check it out online about how that song came to be. I'm not going to go into it right now, but... Fair enough. Yes, in, in the movie itself, they bust into a, a dock, it's on mm-hmm. the docks, a show that Vanilla Ice is doing, and he decides to just rap about what's happening right in front of him. So it's not even from the script. It's what
2: he's seeing. I went with the metagame, I guess. That was kind of, that kind of broke the game at that time. It, yeah, I mean, it's a great song. If you haven't heard it, well, you're missing out on life.
1: Well, it's almost like they took... Cause in Ninja Turtles 1, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, mm-hmm. at the end, they had turtle power. That's right. Which, yep. during the credits, is where a person raps about the entire movie we just watched, mm-hmm. which is quite amazing. So in 2, I guess they, they said, we've done that. Let's Let's take it to the next step. Up the bar. Wow. And Vanilla Ice was huge at the time, so it it kind of broke everything. It was. So, and then they gave us Tokar and Razor instead of Rocksteady and Bebop. What the fuck? That was lame.
2: You thought you were going to have it all. Instead, you have Zip.
1: Now, for mine, there were so many choices here. Um, Many of you may know some of these classics, you know, from Men in Black. Deep Blue Sea, Deepest Bluest, Monster Squad had one, Nightmare on Elm Street 4 had one, Ghostbusters 2, Adam's Family had a rap, the Adam's Family rap. Mm -hmm.
0: I think Adam's Family Values had a rap too, if I remember correctly.
1: They did, but the first one was Groove. That's the first one. That's the first one? Yes, with MC Hammer. Yes. Yes. Didn't
0: MC Hammer do both of them?
1: Oh, if he did, I'm not I'm not familiar. I don't know. He definitely Maybe. did the first one.
0: Well, good thing Google doesn't
1: exist because I'm not going to find out. <laughs> we also had Wild Wild West, another uh, mm-hmm. Will Smith. Arguably, let's say Will Smith was probably the, um, I don't want to say the the king of this, but yeah. he definitely delved into this this area a little bit more than other artists. He didn't invent it, but he perfected it. Yes. But I had to go with the classic Citizens on Patrol from Police Academy 4. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You heard the word out on the street. There's a new kind of heat that's walking the beat. Citizens on patrol. Cause the neighborhood folks won't take no more. They got bars on the windows, locks on the doors. Clean the streets is what they'll do they got to get rid of all the punks like you. They're citizens on patrol. Citizens on patrol.
1: By yes. Michael Winslow and the, oh man, what were they called? The Power Pack or something like that? The backing group that he I had? I haven't
2: watched a... Uh, Police Academy movie in 15, 20 years. Let me tell you, sir, they don't really hold up.
1: <laughs> but as a as a, as a lifetime live or die, Bobcat Goldway fan, I love those movies, especially too. But yeah, Citizens on Patrol from part four was a rap where they just talk about everything that just happened. And I loved it.
2: That's fantastic.
1: So
0: well, sometimes you just really need that summary at the end to let everything just really
1: gel in your head. I almost I always found it a little bit insulting It's almost like you weren't paying attention but here you go, or like if you were in the car, like you're trying to explain it to someone, you're like, "I don't know what happens next.
2: Hold on, let me put this track on for you." Maybe here, they here's just LL Cool J rapping about how his head is like a shark's fin.
0: <laughs> Maybe they just know that the product that they put enough? out was not top notch, and that you're going to need that synopsis at the end to uh, bring it together, which was not the case for this movie. I
1: felt I was engaged oh. from moment one. From moment one, yeah. What if we also totally just. Are seeing this backwards. What are these raps were created to pitch the movies to the execs? Oh now that's a thought. Yeah. I'm I'm
0: on board with that.
2: (laughs) A nameless evil once buried forever. Now he's awake and he's ready for terror. But hold up, wait, there's a catch. This kid, Mimi, has a plan to hatch. The magic gem, she has the power. The monster's a friend, it's her finest hour. They'll go on adventures, cause all kinds of trouble, blow up the world, and dance on the rubble. First scene.
1: But anyway, let's talk about this classic that we saw. And this that, 2020 classic. Hey, look, it will live <laughs> in infamy, and it is amazing. We watched Psycho Gorman, a 2020 film that Shutter, I believe, owns the rights to. Yes. Um, I bought this on Blind Faith from uh, iTunes, as did I. OK, and I hadn't even I hadn't seen it. I hadn't heard about Shutter owning it. And then I was like, yo, I'm, I'm in. But yeah, I believe
0: this was meant to premiere at South by Southwest last year. But obviously that was canceled due to the
1: pandemic. So um, wait, there's a pandemic. I, I just oh, man, found out about know? this, you guys. Wear your mask, people. Wow. Yeah. So we watched Psycho Gorman. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about this film. Um, and again, apologize to all our listeners. I'm not as good at all this as Mark is. He, he just does such a great job, but I'm going to stumble through this. You both so.
2: do fantastic. Just thank
1: you, different. sir. Thank you. But Mark, if you're out there, I love you. Come back, buddy. Uh, this was directed by Steven Kostansky. I hope I'm saying that right. As we all know, I'm terrible with names, so I'm going to butcher these through. We also have Nita Josie Hanna as Mimi, Owen Meyer as Luke, Matthew Nienaber as Psycho Gorman, we also have Steve Vlahos as Psycho Gorman. I don't know who did what. I, don't I know think if... Steve did the voice. Okay. Okay. Adam Brooks as Greg, the dad. Alexis Kara as Susan. Kristen McCullough as Pandora. And we had another person as Pandora. I guess they did do voiceovers. So um, quite a few people in this. Um, there was also a little secret character that Alex, would you like to tell us who was also in this as a voice?
0: Uh, yes. My... Ultimate podcast crush, other than you know, the whole cast of the grave talk, obviously. Um, Stuart Wellington from the Flophouse podcast
2: as Tube Man. I believe he says one word, one, maybe two. Yeah, which one was Tube Man? He was the brain that was with the eyes that was at the council. Oh, okay, okay. I did not know that was
1: supposed to be a tube, I thought that was like more of a jar. But I, I didn't know what his name was. I, I feel love like A-
0: Jarman would have been more accurate. But yeah. yeah, Stuart Wellington is tube man.
1: Yeah. So as we mentioned, this came out in 2020. This is rated something. Um, I would imagine it's probably. Well, you know what? I was going to say R because it's kind of gross. I don't think it is rated. Uh, yeah, it's not rated. Huh. Uh, according to IMDb, this movie is not rated. Which is interesting because the title is PG, Psycho gore Man, And I would have mm-hmm. loved if this film somehow found a way to be PG. But let's be honest, with the gore effects, it's not happening.
2: Yeah, maybe, maybe PG-13 because... Uh, I figured, if anything, a hard R. Like, some of those mid-point Hellraiser movies could be an R. This could have been R. I
0: yeah. just... The reason I... I think the language was pretty <laughs> mild in this movie. Yeah. And that often... Will tip something into our territory. Yeah, but they they, uh, they did take make a choice of
1: a lot of times instead of saying the word fuck, they'd say frig. frig. Yeah, and it's like, like
0: I feel like that's almost a plot point.
1: It became, yeah, it became <laughs> a running gag, which was which was fantastic, and we'll get into that, I'm sure. But um, yeah, I think the language and the the overall lightheartedness of the of the scenes kind of throws you for a bit of a loop because when the the actual gore happens, it's pretty like trauma level gory, Mm -hmm. but it almost feels lighter in a sense.
0: Yeah, because I, I tend to, I don't know, get a little squeamish about extreme gore, but nothing in this movie caused me to look away from the screen because even though it's really gross, it's unrealistic monster gross.
1: It wasn't extreme gore like like with a do-rag like wearing, tr- drinking
0: Guinea a Red
2: Bull movies
1: or stuff like that.
0: Yeah, it wasn't Al Gore rapping.
1: Oh, Ooh. wow. Extreme gore. <laughs> I would love if Al Gore did a rap at the end of this to tell us about the plot line
0: and right. some plugs for, you know, the environmental N-line. consciousness.
1: Mm. Yes, that too. Classic, classic gore. Yeah. So again, we bought this both off Blind Fate. Uh, Alex, I don't know if you'd seen this before. We talked about doing this for the podcast. Had you?
0: Uh, no, I saw it for the first time yesterday. Okay. But it had been on my watch list for a while.
2: I had heard about it when it was the kind of talk of South by Southwest. And then everything that happened happened. And then it finally got released digitally. And I just snagged it that day. But I didn't watch it till this morning, actually.
1: This was definitely one that I just I just saw the trailer. And I was like, I, I have to know more. And I, I really let's just get this out of the way. I recommend this film. One hundred percent. I would actually show a, a early teenager this
2: movie. Agreed. I think the bar has been raised for any sort of horror comedy for me.
0: Oh, absolutely. Tucker and Dale.
2: Great movie. It's no psycho gore, man.
0: I had such a fun time watching this movie and I don't know, it just hits on so many fun little horror tropes, like not not just our, you know, synopsis rep we have a hat trying on montage my
1: god people we need to get into the montage eventually because honestly like i have a note that's like it says montage that's it this movie lives on forever in my top 10 like it's just so it's balls to the wall crazy but let's go ahead and jump into this real quick so psycho Gorman starts out with a couple different companies uh popping on the screen as always when you see multiple company names it's always kind of like a a little bit of a scare like oh no horrifying but i think we're seeing more of that happen again for indie films and i think it's actually paying off quite well i do too i think the i think the scare of that that used to happen back in the day like you couldn't get a movie funded we're just now seeing more smaller studios fund you know via i guess jointly i don't know the correct term hollywood people out there don't don't come after me i'm not up on all the lingo, they're coming but, after you oh man they're
0: outside right now all
1: right I'll, I'll text you my address don't worry so um this company did have a um one of the um contributors named raven banner and it had one of the coolest like little logos and it had like that this was raven a- sound wow. i was a big fan of that one but yeah it did pop up say it was shutter this starts with your classic text crawl describing the history of how there is a being of ultimate darkness ultimate power who is just bent on destroying the galaxy mm-hmm. and they come from the planet Gygax. Is it Gygax? Gygax. Yeah. Gygax, little D and D reference there. Okay. I was going to ask, is that a reference to Gary Gygax? It is. It has so, to be. Okay. Classic. There you go. And this, honestly, this movie kind of reads as someone's like D and D game gone wrong. That makes sense. Like,
0: uh, no, I kind of felt like it was going in that direction. Cause I'm like, Oh paladins, that's a D and D thing. Um,
1: <laughs> I hope you said it just like that, too. That's how I talk to my cats.
0: (laughs) Who's the best cat in the United States? It's you, Champer Damper. It's you.
1: So after we get the the text crawl, describing kind of the history of this, uh, this character, who... Later on through the movie, we'll come to find a different perspective on that text crawl, which was I thought was really nice. You know, like it's not like in Star Wars where it just tells you what's up and there's no contradiction to that. They set a narrative out. And then as you learn that, as you understand and get to know the characters better, it kind of makes you rethink about that narrative they presented at the beginning, which was a, a nice little like kind of pulled me back to the beginning of the film. A lot yeah. of times that doesn't happen. But uh, this one definitely did. Uh, the opening scene, we start out in the backyard, right? Yes. In the backyard.
0: We meet our, our two uh, main human characters, uh, Mimi, Mimi and Luke, and they are playing a game of Crazy Ball. Crazy Ball! Which, honestly, this totally reminds me of something me and my sister and my cousins would have played when we were children, where it's just like a bunch of crazy made-up rules and kind of violent, and uh, I think the they decide that the loser gets buried alive.
1: Yes, uh, our main character, Mimi... And her brother, it's her brother, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They have a weird relationship where you can tell they're like they
2: kind of siblings, but then at the same
1: time, like she treats him as if he lives at a different house.
2: So I was like, she is terribly shitty to him throughout the entire. Okay. Let's just get this out of the way. She's a sociopath, right? She is.
0: I don't know if she's a sociopath. I think she's just a crazy
1: little girl. She's
2: knocking on the door.
1: What are you talking about? She literally (laughs) will put other people's like health in danger. She like has no feelings for anyone but herself no concept of anyone other
2: than her and her immediate needs.
0: I think she is chaotic neutral
2: (laughs) to bring D&D into those. She could be just a disturbed artist with that song she sings or makes up on the spot, apparently. And she does the
0: right thing in the end. Yeah, but...
2: Getting up to that point. Yeah, we'll get get to
0: there. Children are mostly self-interested. It takes a long time to learn empathy. Um, And nothing has the chaotic energy of a little
1: girl. Yes. Tween girls are fucking insane. Let's just be honest with that. But um, so we'll get back to actually we'll loop back around that because a couple things happen in this movie and I'm going to ask you if you still feel that she's not quite there yet. But uh, so, yeah, they're playing crazy ball in the backyard. And uh, as Alex said, there's just batshit insane rules that they've all made up. I literally was trying to understand it. And, Me it, it, too.
2: and halfway through, I was like, I have to give up on this. OK, you hit somebody in the butt. You get five extra points. The switcheroo happens. I didn't understand the switcheroo.
0: Oh, the switcheroo. The yeah. If the balls collide in the air, the first person to punch their opponent gets all of their opponent's points plus one. Glad One of your monster boys understands.
1: And that's not explained at, at this time. So we don't know how this happened. We just know that. The balls collide in the air. She runs up, decks the hell out of her brother, and then makes him start digging a hole. And he digs a hole that is the size of like what? Like eight by like
2: eight foot hole. He's starting to build a pool or something. It's absurd. (laughs)
0: It's a big hole. And you know, I I was a hole digging child. I dug a lot of holes when I was a little kid. That's what happens when you grow up in rural Nevada on two acres with not that much to do. You dig holes. I can tell you that hole
1: would have taken me two days to dig. Yeah, it was a massive hole that was in about it like an hour. But um, I see I was going to ask that my family would not let me dig in our yard. Like I was never allowed to Mine dig massive holes. I mean, and this is th- there's there's root systems that are cut when you look down in this hole. Like this would have definitely hit some kind of plumbing. They're in a suburb of some kind. So it was just a very and that kind of goes to the, the feel of this movie is shit happens in this. And you just can't question it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's everyone just rolls with all of the surreal aspects of their lives. It's they just kind of, yeah, they, they accept it and move on.
1: So they're digging this hole and in the bottom of the hole, they uh, Kyle, the brother, Luke, Luke, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so already I'm messing this up.
0: That's okay. Psycho Gorman can't remember Luke's name
2: either.
1: That, there you go. There you go. Bringing it back. <laughs> it's all Way part of segue. the It's all part of the show, ladies and gentlemen. He he hits something and he thinks it's a coffin, and there's like this glowing red gem. And Mimi, being the winner of Crazy Ball, says that she's entitled to the treasure. Makes so sense. she jumps down there and I guess just pushes a couple buttons in a random order.
0: She kind of eeny, yeah. meeny, miny, moes
1: it. That's okay. exactly what my notes say. And uh, the gem pops out. So she's got herself a shiny new space
2: gem. And they fill up that hole. They do fill up that record hole. record time. Oh, yeah. Holy She, she cow. says, what does she
1: say? Like, don't let mom see this hole. But again, this hole is big enough to bury, like, a pile of bodies. Like, yes. What were you expecting? Like, of course they're going to see this hole.
0: I will say, as the experienced hole digger in this, <laughs> in this room... It's much faster to fill in a hole than it is to dig it.
2: I'm not going to argue that point. That was still a big asshole. No, let's argue. This point. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: boy. Strap in, folks. It's going to be a long episode. <clears throat> um, so the mom comes out and like, do you guys know what time it is? They both immediately answer nine in unison. And she's like, that's right, it's nine, it's time for bed. Just more to the point of this plot is just absurd. Like things just happen and you're like, well, that's so fucking weird. And everyone plays it if it's completely normal. Uh, They go inside and go to bed. And as they're being tucked in, um, I mean, Luke, Luke asks uh, his parents who are tucking him in, like, are monsters real? And this is where we first get to meet the parents where the mom is sitting on the edge of the bed and then the dad walks up and goes, ah, yeah, humans are the real monsters. And uh, the mom's like, looks at the dad like, what the fuck, dude? And then like, she's like, don't worry about it. There's no such thing as monsters. It's fine. And then they leave the room.
2: That was the moment that I was like, I'm really going to like this movie. Yeah. <laughs> just the interplay between the mom and dad and the kids. I was like, oh, this is going to be.
1: Yeah. The dad, Greg, is a fan. He, he's, he's honestly my favorite character at this whole thing. He's just his uh, presence in every scene really adds this like mm-hmm. sense of like, what the hell could possibly happen here? Mm-hmm. Um, so then they go to Mimi's room and Mimi, uh, even to her parents as being kind of a raging psychopath, because she's
2: like, did you hit your brother playing? What was it? Kooky ball. Kooky ball. And she's like crazy ball. The face she made before she just screamed out crazy ball was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. It's one of the things you
1: see before someone decides to try to eat your face.
0: Yeah, pretty much. And, and man, this actor who plays this little girl is so good. She makes the craziest faces. She is so, I don't know, just emphatic. And her just she, wild energy is, I don't know, it's so fun to me.
2: She just does not give a hoot. She is herself. And is not going to apologize for no frigs given Yeah, (laughs) zero frigs.
1: It's it's really interesting because like it's clear in every scene that we see the director's um, direction to the actors was like, cool, I like that. Make it bigger. And the actors had to be like, are you serious? Bigger. And he's like, bigger. They're like, dude, I'm already going. He's like. Girl! Like everyone like it's almost like bad acting. That's how big they go with these things, but it works so beautifully because they all balance each other out. Mm-hmm. So it's they... a perfect
0: ham salad.
2: Oh gross. <laughs> uh, oh man. Why would you describe such a joyous thing? Because they're so hammy. So oh, oh
1: God. Yep. Strapping. <sighs> um so they go to Luke's bedroom and that's where they find out that you know she she yells crazy ball at the parents, and she's like, Dad. You know, if monsters are going to come get us. And then, like, the mom's like, what's with all these talk of monsters? And she's like, I don't know. Because they found that gem, and they think it's, like, a monster's, like, coffin or something like that. And then she's like, well, Dad, promise me one thing. If the monsters come to kill us, make sure they kill Luke first. And the dad, without missing a beat, goes, yeah, sure, okay. Then just leaves the room. I mean, Greg doesn't miss a moment to just be like, yeah, okay, straight up. Here we go. I
0: mean, when you live with a child like that, I think you just... Get used to it. In.
1: Do you think the parents are a product of the child
2: or the child is a product of the parents? Little
0: from column A, little from column B.
2: Yeah. I definitely think the kids, specifically Mimi, has worn Daddy down.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, she's, she's she,
1: broken him. She
2: did not get that far without breaking that guy. It's a
1: uh, it's a great scene. So they have what appears to be a what you would almost think would be a Morse code knocking system, where the sister and brother are knocking between the walls to talk to each other. But there's no rhyme or reason. It's None. just
2: knocking. And the captions are fantastic. Because Luke knocks, you know, some random series of knocks. Like six knocks. Six knocks. And it pops up, I think we woke up grandma. (laughs) And then Amy (laughs) knocks back and says, no, grandma's in hell. (laughs) With the same amount of knocks. Same amount of knocks.
1: And then out of nowhere from across the house, the mom knocks on the wall, like three knocks, and it's like, go to bed. (laughs) And so clearly, as it,
2: as it always means, I guess
1: it's so weird. It's so beautiful because, again, just the absurdity of everything is like you just don't question it because they've set the expectation that random bullshit is the norm here. So then we cut to a scene where a giant monster man who will we will soon learn is the psycho Gorman in this film <laughs> uh, shows up <laughs> at a, a warehouse or a, oh I guess it's, it's an, an
0: abandoned ab- shoe factory, an abandoned mm-hmm. shoe
1: factory where a couple of no good criminals uh, some ruffians Some thigs If you will Cat burglars Are discussing their haul Which is just a bunch of random shit Like a frame picture of an old lady um, An old toaster It was a good frame And um, <laughs> they're, And the, the, the guys look like They're decrepit old men Who are just barely hanging on So it's like What a crack team of like Cat burglars this is
0: They kind of look like the hobos From Dennis the Menace <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep okay i'll give you that one so um Senior gorman comes in and basically starts talking to them
2: threatening me like do you know who i am on the you know I'll- what what did he say he was was he was the architect the the arch duke of- arch Archduke of nightmares yeah Is there how we go described that's himself. the ticket pretty good name i'm not gonna lie It is a pretty
1: good name, but uh, we'll later find out that Mimi and Luke do not think so. At this point, the Archduke of Nightmares, because he is not Psycho Gorman yet, just goes on in a a killing spree. He walks up to two guys, rips their heads off Mortal Kombat style. Finish him. Then turns his attention to the main guy who he threw against the wall using his psycho monster powers. When I say psycho, I mean like psychokinetic monster powers, like picked him up and threw him across the room. Mm
2: -hmm. Hey, man, please. I don't want to die. Then live forever.
1: And that's the end of that. Or so you would think. We wake up to the parents finding the hole. Yeah. They find the hole. It has been dug open. Even though, remember, they filled it up. The hole's been dug open. There's some giant claw marks. And this is a great another little inter. Like family moment where uh, they vote to see who's going to fill up the hole, and all the family votes to have Greg the dad do it, and then Greg the dad votes to have all of them do it, and then he loses and he hurts his hand, which is an excuse he uses to not do anything. To
2: do anything.
1: So the foreshadowing. So the mom ends up filling the hole, and the kids are going to go to school at this point. So as they're walking, they're talking. Lucas like we should call the cops, and then Mimi is like, pull up your fucking big boy pants, you fucking pansy, like, or I don't say fucking, but like you, you friggin' pansy, and uh, deal with it. We've got a gym, and we don't know what's going on, so they have no idea what's going on with uh, the monster man yet, but she's just full-on putting him in his place, and they're walking to school, and then they meet Alistair. <laughs> who, I guess buddy Alistair. Yes, who is then immediately sexually, like, Objectified and just I don't know the the proper term here,
2: but um, I think you I think you hit the out of the park (laughs) with sexually objectified
1: because Mimi goes, what's up, beautiful? Why don't you do a little turnaround for us here? And I'm like, this girl's going to get fucking me too cancel culture so fast as soon as she gets to high school. And she's like, what, in elementary still? Yeah, she's got to be. She's like nine. Yeah, she's got to be still in elementary. So I mean, again, do we still not think she's a sociopath at this point? Well,
0: first of all, sociopath is not a valid medical diagnosis. (laughs) So no, I'm going to say she's not.
1: (laughs) Okay, do we not think that this girl is going to have severe problems that's probably going to land her in a foster home and or juvie?
0: I'm going to say they should get this girl
1: into therapy asap. But she sells it so well, like she just full on is just like do a little turn from mama.
2: And I'm just like, what the hell is going on? And Alistair's like, no, thanks. Poor Alistair, man. Poor Alistair.
1: He just wants to hang with Luke. And she's just like, oh, I'm going to get that. But uh, so he runs inside. She grabs Luke's homework, throws it across the the courtyard just to be a dick. And And then then she runs on in. Yeah. I mean, again, she's a real bastard to Luke. Yeah, she surely is.
2: She's clearly seen the Warriors, though, too, because she throws a can you dig it in there? Oh, see, when she
1: said that, I was like, if she doesn't repeat it more emphatically and louder, I'm going to be very upset. She didn't. But yes, I do think that was a nod to the Warriors. I do, too. But uh, I was just like, when she said, can you dig it? And I was like, if she doesn't go, can you dig it? I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. You blew it. Fish.
0: They follow the tracks from the hole to the abandoned shoe factory where they find... Uh, The soon to be named Psycho Goreman. They
2: had walked in and seen the dismembered body.
1: Yeah, they see the uh, they see the uh, the Mortal Kombat fatality Mm -hmm. guys in the abandoned shoe factory. And I believe Mimi at one point says no one's ever died in a shoe factory Um, as a just kind of to put Luke's mind at ease. It is obviously wrong because two people are beheaded here. Psycho Gorman goes, ah, is that fear I smell? And this guy gave off his 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 vocal work gave off such a a pinhead vibe for me. But yeah, no, I'll agree. Yeah, that was very accurate. Like his delivery was so like authoritative, like uh, like Pinhead's is. Mm-hmm. But he did have that whole like, I am the flesh of a thousand nightmares. I will just you know, so he had that like wonderful, like over the top D&D monster thing combined with like that, like raw, like authoritarian of Pinhead. I was like, this is so cool. Mm-hmm. So shout out to whichever actor did the uh, the voiceover. He did an amazing job on that. Steve. <laughs> was it Steve? Yeah. We're gonna I don't remember out. what his last name was. We're going to find out. Steve, <laughs> Steve the voice guy. Uh, so this is where uh, he's about to kill Luke. At that point, Mimi notices that her gem is glowing and she says, stop. And then that's where he goes. Ah, that is the gem of Paraxis. She realizes she can control this guy with this gem. And so she, in typical Mimi fashion, she just becomes completely power, thir- you know, power like mad, and starts commanding them to do whatever she wants, making them do stupid shit. She called a monster mash at one point in time. Yeah, I nice. about lost it there. Nice little nod to the monster mash. We know what's up. We see you there, Psycho Goreman. <laughs> and um, then uh, they decide, no, he, that's where he says, "I am the the, the Archduke, of, Archduke Nightmares. of Nightmares. Yes, Archduke. Oh, God, again, I'm bad with any name. It doesn't matter. And they're like, that doesn't work for us. So then they're going to workshop names and this is where they come up with a a litany list of all the different names and i have to wonder was this really like exact dialogue of what the like creative writers went through when they were trying to come up with a name for
2: whoever came up with the name dark lord of wonderful smooches (laughs) i want to hug that person
1: i do like that's the one that uh the psycho gorman response is like i will never be called that
0: (laughs) although by the end of the movie maybe
1: Maybe because, you know, there's a lot there's a lot of development with this character. So they settle on Psycho Gorman as Mimi kind of takes bits and pieces of what's been said. And uh, they decide to call him that or PG for short, Mm -hmm. as we will hear repeatedly throughout the movie. Uh, So at this point, she realizes she can control him. She tells him to sit down, shut up and wait for them to come back tomorrow. I don't know if you guys noticed it, but the soundtrack is fantastic. It's like this kind of top rock not It's so good. like this top, like rock chip tune badassness, mm-hmm. you know, uh, which has kind of been a trend growing in some of the more indie stuff, which I'm 100% on board for. But did it feel a little loud to you at times? Like I felt like the soundtrack kind of was a little bit too loud during certain dialogue scenes.
2: Every I didn't that have that experience. Me. I didn't either. Um, okay, ma- I was just so the soundtrack. The movie
0: stood out to me as being delightful, but yeah, it it um, or righteously
2: kick ass, delightful. Come on, <laughs> righteously
0: kick ass. Excuse me, um, but I didn't have an issue with the mixing.
2: Yeah, I didn't either. I was just that that movie could have cranked up the volume 100 decibels and I was just taken it. Yeah, it again, every part of it was great.
1: A good time There was just some times where I was just like, you know, like they're talking and like it's like, and I'm like, okay, that's cool. But it may have just been the speakers I was listening to it on at the time. But yeah, no, I wanted to break, call it the soundtrack because the soundtrack was really good. It was. it. Whoever did that, like, did a great job of like every scene that there actually is like a unique um, kind of theme for. It totally encompasses like the mood of the moment. So guy who did the soundtrack fucking ruled, bro.
0: Yeah worthy we're not worthy we're not worthy we're not
2: we suck so council is sitting around this table in Gygax and they know that Psycho Goreman PG is alive again and they're very worried so at this point one of them Pandora who is a Templar decides who looks like a Power Rangers villain but very cool Yes, this whole movie gave me a very Power Rangers Rita Repulsa E vibe. So they're sitting there, they decide they're gonna send Pandora down to kill it. She asks for a human, they beam one up to Gygax. Yeah, because she kinda wants to know what she's up against. She's like, what are mm-hmm. these these humans capable of? And they're like, bring me one. So one appears and then they s- send out some sort of square, rectangle that just a envelops cube, her. Even. A cube. <laughs> My word. And it just squishes her into a little meat cube. Yes. She is a human bullion cube at this point. It's basically the grodiest bath bomb you've ever seen. Yes. Um,
1: It takes this human woman. They put her in this like like energy cube prison. And then she like kind of like constricts it down to a tiny like hand size, like almost a um, a cube lamentation size square about Mm -hmm. about a cubic liter For all of our leader listeners. Uh, You know what? A court court
0: and a leader are almost the same.
1: (laughs) There we go. All right, calm down. It's okay. We can use the metric system. We're cool. Listen, I understand both. All right. So, yes. Uh, And she does basically squish this person down to a meat cube, which she then smashes on the table. Man. pretty gross. And this council is made up of these people in very trauma-esque style costumes. Mm -hmm. Very witty. Some of them have very interesting personalities. Everyone is taken aback. In fact, like there's one character that like tries to put his hand over the eyes of another character, which is basically like a brain with eyes in a jar. Um, I guess the Stuart yeah, Wellington character. Yeah. Okay, yeah. tube man. All right. We, we see you, Stuart. He tries to put his hand over his eyes so he can't see how gross it is. Like, I love the fact that this council of like massive elders is like groated out by like this one person just crushing a human. Mm-hmm.
0: And they're obviously just a bunch of high-powered idiots because the one guy was very smugly, like, well, these humans must just have superior intelligence because there's no way they could have broken that code otherwise to release the gem. And it was just
1: random punches. It's like if buttons. you take the
2: dad from dinosaurs <laughs> and put 12 of them around a table.
1: Wow, okay, that's a reference. You do that one more time and I'm
2: gonna throw you across the room. Not the mama! <clears throat> ah! Wee!
1: Ooh. That's about right. But yeah, imagine if their, their costumes were disgusting and awesome at the same time. Yep. So the council elders or whatever are going to send Pandora down to kill Gorman because they imprisoned him, as you said. And then she realizes the mistake and they should have killed him. Bada bing, bada boom. They're going to send it down. She's going to take care of business. But she does take on the visual appearance she, of yes. a human.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Well, I think the, the human that they abducted, she has assumed her form.
2: She, right. After she smashed the cube, she like smeared the blood all over her face. Then the mask comes off and it's that same lady.
1: All right. That's the same thing that happens in Predator. No, (laughs) just kidding. Um, So the next scene is the scene where uh, they they meet Alistair and they're like, yeah, we want to go show you our friend. So and again, she is just I fucking this kid. I mean, poor Alistair just yeah. cannot get a fair shake. The guy just has to be on edge 24-7 around Mimi. I mean,
0: it doesn't seem to bother him that much, though. I'm not defending Mimi here, but like he I think he's just learned to deal with it like everyone else in her sphere has.
1: Yes. So they're, they're going to take everybody. Poor Alistair. They're going to take poor Alistair to meet uh, Psycho Gorman or PG for short. The and and
0: Luke is hauling a TV with him and
1: they are just. Oh, yeah, because they're going to take them some magazines and some TV because they're like, Psycho Gorman's got to be bored. So, which I thought was very psycho bore man. Am I right? (laughs) I thought it was very nice of them to kind of think about his um, his well-being.
2: Yeah. You know, so they're they're, they're nice kids. Well, a
1: creepy psycho Mimi is very considerate in her own way. Uh, They get there and they're like, hey, we want to meet you to meet. Psycho Gorman, PG for short. And was like, hey, how's it going, dude? And he's like, I will destroy you. I will kill you. And Alistair's like, cool. Which <laughs> I appreciate how cool the kids are with all this kind of like death and destruction.
0: I love some of the exchanges. I can't remember if it's in this scene or a later scene uh, where Mimi is just totally in control and totally shutting down Psycho Gorman at one point. She's like, don't worry. And he's like, be worried.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's this scene.
2: Uh, My favorite it, part in the scene is when they hand him the magazines and probably one of the lines of the movie.
0: A hundred percent. I think we all have this in our notes. Oh, yeah.
2: Psycho Gorman is looking at it and sees an ad for, you know, your standard jeans, Calvin Klein something. jeans ad. And somebody mentioned something about hunky boys and PG says, I do not care for hunky boys. Or do I?
1: <laughs> he does a double take, which I thought was going to be a whole beautiful pull-out line. But it does come back. It, it does, does come off. back.
0: I I like that, you know, Psycho Goreman is, if not gay, definitely bi curious.
2: I thought it was just a one off line thrown in there because I howled when he first did it. And I was like, that's fantastic. I, I think once you've lo- lived
1: for a millennia in pure darkness and torture and terror, at some point you're just like. Fuck it. I'm past gender identity.
2: Just, you know, like... take what I can get.
1: Does daddy need a fuck? Daddy gonna fuck. That hunky boy was nothing to sneeze at. I mean, he was a A a very hunky boy. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) All right, someone had to say it. Brought to you by the Grave Talk. (laughs) A hole's a hole. Um, Oh, Mimi says, Sorry we couldn't get you any porno. Which, again... That's right. right. The nine-year-old girl's like, Sorry we didn't bring you any porno with this TV. Like... It's it's all it's so absurd. It's charming in this movie because it just becomes the norm. But in reality, like if any kid said this, you'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with you, little dude? Why do you Um, know about these things? Exactly. So this is where we get the scene where Psycho Gorman is going to sit down and tell us his backstory. His people were enslaved by Pandora and the Templars. Um, who are these all powerful kind of religious type people. And they took over his planet. They enslaved all his people. And then he managed to uncover the gem of uh, Paraxis, which he put inside himself, which gave him like superhuman powers. And uh, he decided to destroy all the Templars on the planet. And he did. And then he decided his unquenchable thirst for darkness could not be satiated until he conquered all of the galaxy. And so he goes for it. Why
0: not? And he also, at this point, introduces his, like, crew, right? Uh,
2: his the Paladins of Obsidian.
0: Yes, correct. Yes. Who we'll come back a little bit later on. Um, but, yeah, so basically he had his his Destructo crew with him on his mission to destroy the galaxy.
1: Hi, hey, where's my running crew? Yeah, running crew. So, yeah, he gives this beautiful story, which we actually get an awesome flashback on. There's a lot of miniatures, a lot of special effects. The, the special effects crew in this movie... The They're costumes so and special good. effects. So mm-hmm. good. Um, so he tells this story, and then Mimi, uh, being a, a considerate, polite child as she is, goes, "This story bores me. Fuck it. We're out of here." And um, they leave, and they leave the TV, and then uh, Psycho Gorman. I He's like, he, energy is running through this device, and then he somehow uses it to contact his crew. paladins and he makes the tv bleed as he does it like oh, he's yeah, holding yeah, yeah. the tv and it just starts bleeding and he's like like come for me i'm alive and then the tv responds in this like alien language and at the bottom it translates to like ah we see you we're coming we'll, we'll for you there. and Think he's tight. like these kids these these meat children, brainless meat children <laughs> these brainless meat children have the gym get it from them by any means necessary kill them if you have to and they're like yeah we're on it no problem bro and then bam that's when we cut back to the home scene where Alistair's going to have dinner with them. The family, uh, Greg, Susan, Luke, and Mimi. I got all the names right that there. That you did. Good job. Yeah. And uh, we find out that uh, Greg was not able to fill in the hole, but he was able to make dinner for the family because he's a caring, nice husband. He's a great dad. Except that he makes dinner by microwaving chicken. You blew it. fish it seemed like he put a
0: whole raw chicken in the microwave and mm-hmm. just microwaved it until it was cooked. That's the most disgusting Yummy. sounding thing ever. Can you imagine what that house must have smelled like? Like Psycho Gorman, probably. Later, right? That's an improvement.
2: <laughs> the gooch. The, the,
1: old, the old gooch microwave. Um, so I used to dance under that name. Heyo. Luke and uh, Alistair want to go play video games. And Mimi's like, no, you don't want to go do that. Video games are for nerds. Don't you want to go outside and throw basketballs at uh, Luke? And he's like, no,
2: I'm okay. Yeah, I mean, nine-year-old to play some been... Yeah, boys just want to be boys. I I want to go play some video games. Just hang out. Play my Nintendo. You know, do some dude stuff.
1: And Mimi's just not happy about this. So she goes out in the back and sulks. And uh, we get a little more interplay between uh, Susan and Greg, the mom and dad, which is just classic, you know, him just kind of being a total twat about, like, keeping the house clean, doing anything. I mean, it's just really...
0: Yeah, Susan has clearly kind of had it with Greg, and I do not blame
2: her. I, I don't either. She is
1: clearly holding this household together. <laughs>
2: Once Side took a look in that microwave, I'm surprised she didn't beat him.
1: But let's let's play devil's advocate for a minute. As we'll learn later on in the movie, Greg really does kind of take the brunt of Mimi. Like without Greg, would Mimi and Susan been able to continue? Like without that Greg variable, Would there have been bigger issues? Or
0: is Greg enabling Mimi because of his therapy avoidance? Because later he mentions that now he's ready to go to therapy. Maybe he's keeping her out of therapy, too. That's that's
1: possible.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's deep. Man, there's so much going on with this family
1: that we could delve into for hours, but let's just go ahead and stick with the plot. I just think death, yeah, lazy this, bastard.
0: This movie encourages you, encourages you to not ask too many questions, which uh,
1: we are asking too many questions. Well, I appreciate this movie doesn't allow you the time to ask too many questions because by the time you go, wait a minute, that doesn't seem. You're immediately thrust into mm-hmm. the next thing. Like if you're not going to keep up, you're you're out. Yeah. Just just like Mimi, if you're not willing to keep pace with her. Fucking deuces slag off, bro. Mimi out bat sulking, and she calls Psycho Gorman. She's like, hey, come play with me. She's like, I want you to make Alistair want to do what I want to do. And so she calls the boys outside, and this is where they have kind of a showdown, where they're like, Mm -hmm. Luke's like, what are you doing? You can't bring him here. This is not okay. And Mimi's like, fucking tough. Deal with it. He's going to do what I want him to do. And then he's like, I want you to make Alistair want to do what I want to do. So Psycho Gorman obliges. And turns Alistair into a giant brain monster? A giant brain with eyeballs. And when we say giant brain, we're talking like what? Like large dog size? Oh, easy. He's I, like
2: Ottoman.
0: Yeah, I was going to say about size. the size of like an Ottoman that you had in your house Think in the of 90s. Krang. Or, a,
2: or a love seat, if you will. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Think of yeah. Krang, but Ottoman sized.
0: Yeah. He's if a- <laughs> you
2: don't know who Krang is, look him up. From the Ninja Turtles. Yes. Did you see that? It's called a neck. Something I'm sure you'd like to have. Ooh, just because I'm all brain doesn't mean I don't have feelings.
0: This monster they built for this is hilarious and kind of gross. Um... It's He's just like a, this weird foam rubber brain that if you've seen uh, the movie Terror Vision, uh, mm. it very much reminds me of
1: a creature that would appear in that movie.
2: Oh, that, that, that's a good That is good a good reference. reference point.
1: Yeah. For all of our Kudos. horror listeners, we're all <laughs> Ninja Turtles. And she's all like Terror Vision. We're like, all right, we suck. Um, <laughs> Ninja Turtles fucking rules. That damn right it does. Um, so she has Gorman turn uh, Alistair into a giant brain. And you know what? She doesn't seem to care and at all. Every No one seems to
0: care at all. Everyone just rolls with it. No one ever mentions that he's a giant brain now, except briefly later on. Alistair's
1: like, do you think I'll ever be normal again? Yeah, I'll, we'll talk about that scene for sure, because that was that was such a touching moment that I was like, that's the saddest thing in this whole film. But the mom sees. Gorman, the brain, and her two kids outside. And she runs outside like, free, Like no! She goes up, she swings a bat, hits it into Gorman's arm, breaks the bat against him, so we see how strong uh, PG is. And immediately, Greg runs out and goes, no! My, my lucky, lucky bat! bat. <laughs> He's like, how could you? And he just vaults
0: over Alistair, the brain, without noticing him at all.
1: <laughs> Everyone does. They run right past this giant brain creature just to go after uh, Gorman, who... I keep saying Gorman, like he's just like some old like Jewish man. that doesn't, you know, oh, that's old man Gorman. Um, <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, they just ignore Alistair, the brain. And so at this point, the parents have been introduced to, uh, to PG uh, or uh, psycho Gorman, PG for short, PG as sure. Mimi lets us know. And, um, the parents are like, oh, I guess this is happening. And here we go. This is the moment of the movie that I just, in my notes, I was like, there it is. I'm glad I own this. We get the yep. montage. Oh, the fucking montage this montage at it. So like we're, this montage, let's just kind of break down what it's supposed to uh, kind of show us is that the family has accepted that PG is under the control of or yeah, under the control of Mimi and Mimi's just now going to Do interact whatever. with PG and everyone else in any way she seems fit. Like she, she is has, basically her familiar now. Like she's the witch. He's the familiar. Yep. Yes, exactly. And it's unique because the what they do in this montage is so just like normal, mundane, day to day stuff, but like cranked up to like 400. It's just bizarre, random shit, but it seems almost mundane to these characters who are in the montage. But the montage starts out with Mimi, Luke, Gorman, and Alistair, Alistair. still in brain form, all at instruments, at band practice. They're in a band. Yes, and this starts out where Mimi is going to sing a song that she has written about being the best. The heckin' best. The heckin' best. I'm the heckin' best. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Frig all the rest.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frig, Frig off.
2: off! Frig, Frig off! off.
1: It's a fantastic, like, song that is playing out. and It's a bop. It's really catchy. <laughs>
2: as, it truly is.
1: As John would say. It slaps. It, there you go. Slappage. Like. John, if you haven't seen this, you got to watch it for this song alone because it slaps, son. Ugh.
0: I mean, everything about the soundtrack slaps. Both your diegetic and non-diegetic music for all of you film music nerds out there. Um, but yeah, it slaps. Fuck, it slaps. <laughs> It
1: friggin slaps. Oh, excuse me. It friggin slaps. And that's one thing that happens in the movie quite a bit is they never say the word fuck. They always say frig. Always frig, every character, even though it makes sense for other characters to say it differently. Everyone just says frig. Um, but yeah, in this montage, we've got her walking PG in the street. He's blowing kids up who are laughing at him. Uh, and when I say blowing kids up, I mean, like, just literally exploding them into uh, blood mist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we have Alistair. Oh, We have PG trying on different outfits. And Alistair trying on different hats. Little tiny hats that fit on top of a giant, I guess they're normal size hats on a giant brain. Yeah, they just Mm -hmm. look tiny because he is so bulbous and hulking. He's a bulbous hulking brain,
2: you know. It's delightful. It's (laughs) adorable.
1: (laughs) As this song's going on. Mm. And they finally decide um, on an outfit. Mimi's talking about their their plans for the day. She's Mm -hmm. got everything scheduled out for the week. Luke is, I mean, Greg, they're going to bake 12 cakes in four hours. Yes. Mm-hmm. Luke is just uh, chilling there, eating. And um, then uh, PG goes to eat his burger and fries where he unhinges his jaw into this giant mandible predator type massive hole.
0: It looks like one of those weird deep sea eels. And um, he just takes the
1: plate, crumbles it, and just shoves it into his face hole. And uh, my roommate, watching this at the time, asked me a a very good question. And I wanted to ask you directly, Alex, um, is this how you eat sandwiches and popcorn? I think you know the answer to that. (laughs) Uh, For all of our listeners who don't know, uh, Alex has a a obsession with uh, eating popcorn. Um, She literally has to be physically stopped.
0: It's a problem. You just have to move the bowl away from me or I will eat it until it is gone, regardless of the size of the container.
1: Alamo Drafthouse almost ran her out of the building one time because they have a bottomless uh, bowl of popcorn. And well, she almost found that bottom. That so, doesn't shock me in the slightest. I mean, honestly, we could sell tickets. but <laughs> So PG um, just, and he he's, he mentions that that's how he devours other warriors that mm-hmm. are worthy of a warrior's death. They yes. are consumed in his mandible jaw of vortex mouth. Kind of eating the
2: heart of a lion. You gain it strength or something, yes. I'm assuming. Yes.
1: Mimi grabs uh, Luke's fries. And Luke's like, oh, I was going to yeah. eat those. And he, she goes... Tough champions gotta eat. You sit over there, loser, and just takes Luke's fries. Again, she's a real butthole to Luke nonstop. And he
0: just kind of takes it. She is one hell of a butthole, and Luke is very passive.
1: He is, he, he just is. He takes it like a good brother. And but he and it's because he cares, you know, mm-hmm. he kinda he's willing to like take a little bit. Um he obviously loves his sister very much. Clearly, clearly. And it's and that's never in a question at all. And then the montage ends with uh, Mimi des- describing how to play crazy ball to uh, PG, who's basically dressed up as Alan Grant now, Doctor freaking Alan Grant from Jurassic Park. I saw that and I was like, I... "That's got to be that's got to be a direct reference." Yes. It, it is. Okay, it is?
2: Yes. Oh, it's
1: so dead on. It's so freaking beautiful. <laughs> it's like, I'm into this.
0: I'm glad that we all had the same observations about this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, all of the same things stuck out to all of us.
1: I feel like if you've seen Jurassic Park, you couldn't have not noticed this, though. Because it's almost it, too blatant. It, yeah. It's it's very perfect and hilarious. Like you want to question it because it's too on the nose.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was just like this. I, I questioned whether it was intentional initially, but I'm just like this, this it movie has, to has so be. many references. Like, it has These to be. people know
1: what they're doing. <laughs> exactly. Um, so they're explaining the rules and she's going through like, uh, not even all the rules that we don't, we're not even like audibly privy to all the rules, but like, she's like and this and this and this and this. And then, uh, PG is like, I still don't know what the hell she's talking about. (laughs) To Alistair, who, like, looks up at him like, Uh, I don't know either. I don't know either, yeah. And then... um, This is when the cops show up. Yes, out of nowhere, a cop car shows up and is like, freeze, don't move. PG gets in front of the kids and is like, you need to back off. He then... block some bullets because the cops just open fire, you know, which is probably the best representation of modern day cops we've seen in a film in a long time. And I Ask think they one literally say
0: and, like, there's no time, just shoot.
1: Yes. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous how, like, it, honestly, it's very upsetting to like see that happen in a movie as a joke and then go like, no, that's kind of how it mm-hmm. fucking goes. Like, mm-hmm. but anyway, um, so he walks up to one of the cops, grabs the gun, heats it up and then turns that cop into a toxic Avenger level zombie monster. And then tells the other cop, run and tell them the darkness is coming.
2: He tries to get back in the car, but realizes his <laughs> melted buddy has the keys. <laughs> he goes, and, Vince, give me the keys. <laughs> and you hear this. Ah. <laughs> <gasps>
1: oh. Yeah, Vince is a just a completely brain dead, you know, like he's just out of it. He's he, like in this. He m-
0: looks kind of inside out now. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And the gun good. is
2: fused to his hand almost.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Which is funny because in every scene going forward, he's just randomly firing that off gun. rounds. <laughs> Anywhere and everywhere. Um, we kind of get a good indication that Mimi's just, you know, she's got her own agenda, mm-hmm. which has kind of been obvious, but you really get a good feel at this point of like, she doesn't care about anybody but herself, because Alistair just starts walking off. And then she's like, hold on, guys. And she runs over and she's like, Alistair. Uh, are
0: you okay, buddy? Yeah. It's just oh. what." Do you think I'll ever be normal again? Probably not. But who cares? I like you just the way you are. Uh, Oh, okay. Hi, Alistair! Uh, uh, You beautiful blob!
2: Pats him on the head, gives him a kiss.
1: Yeah, oh. Gives him a kiss on the open, exposed brain that yes, he is. I mean, what else are you going to do? That's the only spot to plant kiss one him at right at on the eyeball? Well, he does have a weird vagina mouth in front of his brain, which we see or multiple weird times. weird brain tentacles. Oh, yeah. Yes. Just a little smooch on the tentacle. Well, that's the potty tentacle, though. Be careful. Ooh. So all people are into that. For all my labians out there. my c labias. Um, I don't know the proper term, but um, my C-Lab 2021 fans out there. So (laughs) she basically completely just like flat out tells him like, no, you're fucked, bro. But that's okay. I
2: still like you, which I don't know how to feel about that, honestly. I mean, I'm glad she can see past people's disabilities or deformities and stuff. That's nice.
0: Differences.
2: Differences. Yeah. That's even better way to put it. Yeah, I mean it's a pretty big difference. He's a giant. Just, brain monster. He's just a big brain. old beautiful
0: brain now. And there's this
1: beautiful like medium to long shot of him just waddling away through this field into the like the neighborhood. Uh, this just big brain just kind of walking through the field, just kind of
2: like just waddling along. It's it's pretty great. There was a scene where they were walking through the uh, forest, and Vince, the c- melted cop, <laughs> gives Mimi. Wasn't Mimi that he gave it to? Yeah, he this gives like somebody heart-shaped card. A heart shaped card, like a Valentine or something, and she opens it up and is like, "Oh!" And it just says, "Please kill me." <laughs> yes, it's this great moment where he's like, just like she thinks she's going to get like praise, and it's like
1: a request to die. And then what does she say? She's like, "I told you to only give me notes that like say how much you love me." Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like
0: I told you to write, write me love notes.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like oh. again. Oh just, Mimi. Oh Mimi. And uh, so uh, then the next scene is they're in their beds. They're sleeping. Psycho Gorman is standing in the, the corner of the room while Mimi sleeps, clutching the uh, the gym of Paraxis. And, um, you know, he really wants it. He clearly is like, yo, got to get that goddamn gym. Yeah, you know, that's that's it's my jam. And um, then we cut to see uh, Luke sleeping and he wakes up in a bed in the middle of a graveyard. And he's like, where am I? What's going on? Well, PG walks out and says, hey, you're in the, the nightmare realm. This is where I can talk to you. Congrats. And there's like all these like zombies and dead like creepy monsters like crawling out, like coming towards his bed. He does not seem phased in the least about this. He's Could just there to have. A, yeah, he's just there to have a conversation with Psycho Gorman. And he's like, you got to get that gem. You got to steal it from your sister. You got to give it to me. She doesn't care about you. She is only interested in herself. And there's going to come a time where she will choose uh, herself over you. Like, she'll tell you. To, he's like, no, no, no. She'll never, like, let me get hurt. And he's like, yeah, there's going to come a time where she's going to totally put herself in front of your own health and well-being or life. And Luke is having a hard time accepting that, because I think he kind of knows in his heart that that's the reality of it. But I don't think he wants to believe that.
2: But <laughs> he has that look on his face, like he's come to realize that. Yeah. PG may have a point here that seed
1: has been planted and he can't ignore it at this point. So Mm -hmm. everything that happens for the rest of the movie is kind of tainted a little bit with this knowledge that Luke kind of knows like Mimi may have gone too far. This may have been too much power to give to someone like her.
0: What is this junk? I told you guys to write me love letters telling me how amazing I was. (laughs) What a waste of beautiful car
1: we see everyone walking to the forest and they're just kind of hanging out and they're talking and doing their thing. There's
0: a lot of forest walking talks in this. Yeah. It's it, a nice
1: little town. Yeah. Yeah. We get a little, uh, you know, Vince, the cop is behind them just firing off rounds randomly. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there's, you know, some dialogue and Luke is like, maybe we should uh, give him the gym and let's let him get out of here. And Mimi's like, hell no. What the hell is wrong with you? You know, we, we really realize that Mimi's committed to this and there's no talking her out of this. So Luke's tried reason. That's no longer an option. And uh, PG kind of looks at him like, yeah, you know, kind of told you, bro. Like, you know what to do, man. Um, Then we cut back to the Templar, uh, Pandora, Mm -hmm. who has arrived on Earth, and she walks into police station. Who the cop who got away is frantically telling his story. Cop got away. (laughs) Frantically telling the story of what happened to Vince and everything like that. And she's like, "Tell me everything you know. I'm gonna find this guy." And so she does this weird thing. She puts his hand on his head and, like, makes his eyes glow and, get, I guess, gets the knowledge telepathically. Yeah, I think she just I, sucks yeah. it out of his brain. Some osmosis As situation. one does. So now we know Pandora knows where PG is and the hunt is on. But back in the forest, bada bing, bada boom, out of nowhere, a portal opens up and out of nowhere comes the almost at the pharaohs the paladins of obsidian who are
0: like
2: a low rent gore knockoff or like jim henson character dark crystal characters it's, almost. It's almost as if, like, Jim Henson's creature workshop
1: fucked Guar. Yeah. And they had a fucked up baby, and then that baby went into a workshop and made its own creepy puppets.
0: Yeah, I think my, my personal favorite was just the
1: one that was basically a
0: giant a bucket. bucket of body parts walking around.
1: With a face, and it had, like, little pistol tubes that shot out just blood. Just blood. Which, from the body parts inside honestly, of
0: it. Anyone who knows me knows that my fondest wish is to have the really lame superpower of being able to shoot blood out of my eyes like a horny toad. I, I really identified with this particular monster.
2: Yes, that, that's your superpower wish?
0: Yes, that's if I could if I could have a useless superpower, that would be it.
2: Okay, if it's a useless superpower.
0: Yeah, if I could have a useful superpower. It'd um, still be that. <laughs> it would be candy.
1: <laughs> I want candy. <laughs> Bubblegum and caffy. Skip to the sweet shop with my sweet hot Candy. Got my penny safe, so I'm a sugar daddy, I'm a Hugh my Jessica candy. I want candy. Put it in a So yeah, so his his uh his buddies show up and they're like, okay, so he's like, Good, kill this girl and get the gym. And they're like, Yeah, so this is the thing. We've been kind of um ruling Gygax, uh, the five of us, just taking turns. And, and it's, we like the way it is. It's been really nice, man. Like, we don't have to like kneel to you. We all share the power, we all get a turn. It's pretty dope. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Like, kill this kid. And let's go. And they're like, no. no. And Mimi's Get like, Cross. you heard him. You know what? You tried to You tried to stab me in the back. Mimi's like, you tried to stab me in the back with these guys. Fuck that. Get him, guys. She tells his uh, his uh, buddies, just go ahead and kick the shit out, of PG. Which I was like, again, what the hell is wrong with you, Mimi? She's uh, Well, he just tried to have her murdered. He's also a dark monster of the galaxy. Like, this is what he does. You can't be mad at a tiger for eating.
0: You can't be mad at a little girl for being a chaos maniac.
2: Oh, yeah, you got a point there.
1: Okay. Beat on logic. All right. All right. Okay. So anyway, they all decide that they're going to um, beat up PG, who's still dressed like Dr. Alan Grant, (laughs) which I will point out, which is hilarious. So everyone gets a turn. Uh, There's a little weird baby faced uh, witch. The witch master. The witch master who speaks in a weird foreign language, but has like this like uh, staff and sh- can slice PG. And everyone so. can
0: understand her.
1: <laughs> yes, we get subtitles, but everyone can understand her, which was great. We get the the tub of body parts that mm-hmm. sprays PG with blood. That's it, it's not doing any damage. It's just literally spraying PG with blood. Yeah, it's just real messy and probably smells bad. It makes him
2: slippery, he now, can use that to his advantage.
1: My favorite uh, member of the uh, Obsidian is the guy who just throws stone tablets. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, that there's guy. a
1: dude that just has big pieces of stone tablets, and he's like, Yeah, it's <laughs> like he's hitting him with a tablet, he's throwing tablets, and I'm like, Where does he keep getting these tablets? Because he doesn't have them on his person, so nope. like every time the scene cuts back to him, he's just got more tablets in his hand. I'm talking like it's, big stone slabs, yeah, like
0: fantastic. 10 commandments
1: <laughs> style tablets, thou shall not PG, thou shall not Mimi. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and so they're just all beating him up, and at some point, Mimi's like, Okay, this is enough like this is not right and uh, she's well, like she makes apologize. him apologize yeah she's like you gotta apologize to me and and PG's like I'm sorry she's like that's not a real apology keep kicking his ass and so then he finally kind of fesses up like okay I'm sorry for trying to have you killed but you gotta understand I did it because this is mm-hmm. what I do which I thought was interesting because we get it with that line right there will help us tie back Mimi towards the end um, she's like okay cool I get it and Luke is watching all this played out and uh, Vince, the gun cop, has also started kicking the shit out of PG. So she gives PG the power to uh, fight back. And he then goes on a massive. Yeah, he just kills every one of the Assyrian and uh, the cop, too. He kills yeah. uh, Vince and stabs a couple of uh, sticks through his eyes. And he so melts Vince into a puddle. got his wish. Yes. Vince is dead, which I'm sure he was thrilled about. But uh, all of them got killed. Uh, the Witchmaster's head gets decapitated and rolls off. And um, and later on is trying to inch its way down the road. Oh, that's great. Um, but as we're seeing here, they like, okay, get up, PG. And he's like, I can't. I've been cut by, they used my blood from this ancient thing and they- To can, curse their blades. Yes, and it can now hurt me. So he's bleeding out. And they're like, what do we do? We can't carry this guy out of here. Um, so he's like, hold on, I have a plan. Cut back to the house where Greg, the dad, is taking a shit after being told off by his wife because mm-hmm. she's like, look, you're lazy. And he's like, I thought you were better than that. My parents said that my teacher said that I never thought I'd hear that from you. Greg's is like obliviousness to like how terrible he is, is, is kind of endearing. But, um, she, he's like, he goes in the bathroom is taking a shit and he's just like talking. He's like, tell me what to do. And then out of nowhere in front of him, Psycho Gorman's face ethereally pops up and it's like, you must find
2: you must me!
1: Find me. I'm, 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 whatever he says. And then it disappears and Greg's like, I don't even know where to look. And he's, he's terrified. I mean, because a face just yelled at him while he was taking a crap. Um, he's like, I don't even know where to look! And then like the face pops up and he's like, I'm on the corner of blah, blah, blah and Ravine. You have to come get me. And he's like, Ah! I don't know who that is. And he's like, you take two exits south of blah, 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 blah. And it's like this, it's this is great scene. And it's scared. He's like, no. And Greg jumps off the toilet and falls in the bathtub. <laughs> and then with his pants down, it's just like, just scared as hell. Classic Greg. And then, uh, we cut to Greg driving out there, picking up PG, putting him in the back of the truck where he's slowly dying. And Mimi and Luke are in the car. Well, they're driving back home at this point, and And uh, who is at the house but uh, the Templar Pandora? Dun, dun, dun. With the mom, Susan. And the mom is like, guys, you got to get out of the car right now. This woman's here to help, you know. And then that's when PG, like, does this great little, like, pops his head in the frame. And he's like, go ahead and show them your true form, Pandora. Show them that you're here to enslave their planet, blah, blah. So now we have a is she a good guy or a bad guy? Whose side are we going to believe on this? So Susan the mom is like I'm on the Templar side. Mm-hmm. And everyone else, all the kids are like we're on PG's side.
2: Well, so, uh, Luke Luke he decides oh, not to.
0: Yeah, it's basically mom and
1: Luke versus Mimi and dad. Well, cuz Mimi says, "Luke, get out of the car and go fight that woman." And he's like, "She could kill a uh, uh, PG goes, "She will kill you where you stand." And then Mimi goes, Okay, tough. Go fight her anyway, and that's when Luke realizes, "Wow, she really did it. She would, she would kill me just to get her way." And so Luke gets out of the car. and was like, "No, I'm not going to do it." And goes inside with mom and uh, Pandora. And at this point, Mimi's in the car with her dad, Greg, and PG, and uh, she's like, "We got to get out of here." And Greg turns to Susan, and Susan says do the one thing you're good at doing which is nothing and get out of that car and greg says no i'm gonna show you
2: what i can do and drives off with pg and backs Mimi. up squeals out, whoa, what the hell did I just say? Peels out and drives away. <laughs> Squeals,
0: <laughs> Squeals out. Squeals out. Squee! What was wrong with
2: me? Gosh.
0: I was thinking squealing
1: tires, so I didn't think I, that's
2: where I was going. To. I think it. that's what
1: we all thought. But then when you when you brought it back, I was like, oh yeah, okay. And that was a weird way to put that.
2: Yeah, it was a terrible way <laughs> to put that.
1: Um, so yeah, he drives them to the uh, the abandoned shoe factory where they're going to try to let PG heal. Um, inside, back at the house, the Templar is like, "Look, Susan." You can help me with this. I'm going to turn you into one of me. You got to drink this and we can go ahead and go take PG out and you get your family back. So Susan straight up was like on oh, board. She's like, let's do it. Let mm-hmm. me drink this nasty tonic water and uh, let's get it. It this- looked like Windex.
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, why would you drink a beverage that an alien you just met offered you?
2: I mean, I don't think it's a wise idea. I got to be but- honest.
1: I think I'd roll the dice. I mean, I mean the worst they could. I mean, they're offering it to me. I, mean, I would it's let, not let like somebody like,
2: else go first and then try to get a, <laughs> the last sip.
1: We could we could put it on some popcorn and we could see what happens. Oh man, well. no, that's
0: just going to turn the popcorn into a weird mushy mess, mess and ruin the popcorn.
1: We'll dry the popcorn first. We'll have a hair dry. <laughs> we'll put it in a a, uh, a sprinkly uh, form. Oh, okay. a sprinkly form. That that's, doesn't make that's sense. That's good. A powder of some kind. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So Pandora turns the mom into a Templar and then they go to the shoe factory. They kick open the door and uh, Mimi and the dad are like, you know, like, we're going to get you better. She's like, you trust me, dad. Right. And Greg's like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. This is my favorite Greg scene. Yes. Because uh, before the, 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 the Templar and the mom kicking the door, she's like. We have to do this, right? I have to, like, help PG out. And then Greg gives a little backstory.
0: So the dad tells tells a story about a time when he was a kid, and this creepy weirdo asked if he wanted to get in his van and look at some baseball cards. And he didn't think, he just said yes. And he gets in this creepy old guy's car, and looks at his massive collection of beautifully pristine baseball cards and has a great time and he says my one of my favorite things in the whole movie i'm thankful i put my trust in that creepy weirdo so i think you should trust your weird murdering monster friend it's the
1: grown-up thing to do <laughs> it's the grown-up thing to do was the the like the icing on a cake on that one <laughs> yeah so um he's clearly like okay we're going to help pg out Bam, the side of the door gets kicked in by the Templar Pandora and Mom Templar, who is now in her own Power Rangers bad guy. And suit. she
0: is like the goofy knockoff Power Ranger. She's really clumsy and like a herky jerky. Well, She's new to it.
1: She's new to it. Give her a little very time. Funny. You know, I mean, what would you do if you just suddenly got thrust into the role of a intergalactic Templar?
0: I do what I always do and be perfect from the first moment I try something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's perfect. So you've got Mimi and Greg and PG Mm -hmm. who now have to go against Susan Templar, Pandora Templar, and Luke. Luke. And Luke has the gem at this point. Um, He did steal it from her. So Mimi goes, give me the gem so I can let PG heal himself and, you know, he can get out of this. Luke's like, I can't do it. Well, they're going to finally showdown it out. Uh, Mimi attacks uh, Luke to get the gem to help PG. Susan, who is in new Templar form, decides she's just had enough of Greg's bullshit and uh, goes and just starts choking his ass out. Just like straight up like I'm done with you. Templar goes up to uh, Templar Pandora, goes up to uh, PG and it's like, I'm going to kill you. I should have done it a long time ago. It's got to happen now. And this is the part where PG goes, grant me a warrior's death. You have to give me the right to fight you as a warrior. If you're such a great, like honorable warrior yourself, you have to respect this. Mm -hmm. Mimi and Mimi's about to bash Luke's head in with
2: something right what she No, she just has her her like weird little oh her ball with the sticks and stuff poking out of it yeah Yeah. I thought she was gonna smack him in the head with it because it looks like she was yes she was
1: yeah and he's like he's like don't do it you know like and she's like then give me the gem and at that point um, that's when Templar Pandora goes fine I grant you your your warriors request and that's when your contest yeah PG stands up goes Mimi you pick the contest. And as we all know, Mimi going to pick Crazy Ball. Hell yeah, she is. And so then we cut to a scene where they're all standing there and she's explaining the rules in massive detail again. (laughs) Rules we hadn't heard earlier, which are still just as absurd and crazy. And uh, it's Crazy Ball. And then Tiplar Pandora goes, I don't know what the hell she's talking about. Can you explain the um, the switcheroo again? She's like, no, you should have been paying attention. (laughs) (laughs) And so at this point, it's on. We're gonna play Crazy Ball and so we get a balls to the wall action
2: scene. And real quick, the team names Oh yes are Team Hero, composed of PG, Dad, and Mimi, and Team Suck, which is Luke, Mama Templar, and Pandora Templar. Yep. And let's point out that Mimi picked those names. She did. Yeah. The team Suck did not decide
1: they want to call themselves Team Suck. So uh, we get some great scenes of them doing crazy ball stuff. There's like people doing jumping jacks. There's spins. There's butt points. Templar gets hit in the butt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Five five bonus points. What is uh, Peachy goes? I get butt bonus now. Yep, Yep. And I was like, I have to know more about butt bonus. five Um, points i should have been paying paying attention you should
0: have been paying attention that is one
1: rule she does explain
2: Um, people diving throwing balls at each other it seems like a rip-roaring good and it's it's great because the people diving too
1: like are diving in such a way that it's supposed to look cool but you could tell they like had no trampoline they had no action shots they're literally just kind of like Jumping jumping sideways and
2: trying to make it look like they're doing like matrix level shit if you're a child of the 80s, you've done this before. Don't pretend you haven't. I feel like kids nowadays are probably still doing it. We still see it as much. Yeah.
1: I mean, I don't think think we play crazy ball with kids enough nowadays. Honestly, this is is is. true. We should bring it back. It builds character. Oh, man. Do you think we could contact the director and be like, can we start a crazy ball league here in our city? I think that's a fantastic idea. I think we could could ask him, like, do you have the rules for crazy ball all listed out? I, I guarantee you they do somewhere. Somebody has to. Do you think this is a game they really played or do you think they made it up for the
2: the, the movie? I bet you the director at one point in time did play a variation on
0: it's probably rooted in something they did in childhood and they just maybe expanded upon it for cinematic purposes. Yeah, I think it's advanced tag.
2: (laughs) say it's advanced dodgeball. Dodgeball. Yeah, that's what I mean.
0: It's almost a little mix of everything. But there is a little tag element in there because you get to punch people.
2: This is true. Yes. So in the, the
1: heat of the the crazy ball or the crazy ball as it was called early in the movie, Uh, the two balls collide. Mimi and Luke's balls hit in the middle.
0: And at this point, Team Suck has 66 points, and you win at 67 points. And as we remember from the rules, because we were paying attention, that after the switcheroo, the first person to punch their opponent gets all of their opponent's points plus Plus one. Plus one.
1: So slow motion showdown. Mimi winds up. Fucking Luke gets his arms ready and then Mimi just lower uppercuts, uppercuts him. him right in the gut. Right in the gut. Oh Bam. So Team Hero wins. PG should basically be the victor. But you know what? Templar Pandora's not gonna play fair. She's nope. like shit. Nope, she's, she's not like, gonna screw this. Stand for that. She goes over. And she takes her sword out, her giant, like, uh, Templar sword. She was going to cut Mimi down. And uh, that, can't, that can't happen. Nope. So what Luke. happens is she goes, Luke, give me the gem. And Luke says, I can't do it. All I ever want you to do is just apologize for some of the mean shit you did. And uh, she goes, I can't do that. But she does then knock out I'm sorry in her Morse code. She goes, I can't say it. I can't it. say it. But here, and then she knocks out. I'm sorry, Luke throws her the gem. She gives it the PG. Oh no, because the mom gets in the way of the uh, the Templar sword earlier. So the Templar, the two Templar moms are fighting. Mm -hmm. Mom Um, fight, and that's when the conversation between Luke and Mimi happened about the gem. Yep. Luke gives her the gem. She gives the gem to PG. PG puts it at Psycho Gorman. Puts it inside of him. He is now Mega Psycho Gorman, you know, MPG, if you will, (laughs) and. uh,
2: He gets up. He makes a a gore sword out of parts of Pandora.
1: Yes. He's been ripping parts of her out and he makes a gore sword.
2: Then the best scene in the movie
1: happens, quite frankly. (laughs) They're fighting and they're about to go at it. And then he looks down at the ground. Psycho Gorman looks down the ground. And
2: what does he see? He sees that magazine ad. He sees his hunky boy magazine covered in blood. And he lets out a scream. Not
1: my hunky boys!
2: (laughs) And just goes off on Pandora.
1: It's the hunky boys... That sounds like a rap group from the late 80s. The Honky Boys. uh, The donkey roll was the reason I danced. (laughs) Um, Yeah, he just goes off. He takes her out. And then she's like, you've bested me. And he's like, I will only give you a death worthy of a warrior. And she goes, no, not that. And then he
2: unhinges his jaw
1: and starts gobbling her up.
0: With his big, disgusting pelican (laughs)
2: throat. Yes. If you've ever seen Krampus, the little monster in the Jack in the Box, it's kind of like that.
1: Yes. Uh, if you've seen Tremors, it's yeah, also yeah. kind of like that, too. Um, anything with a giant mandible mouth that
2: yep. uh, engulfs or, you things. you know what? A the, baleen
1: whale. <laughs> We're all keeping it a horror. And she's like, uh. you'll never
0: whales. Um. Hey, y'all, have you heard about cetaceans? <laughs>
1: God. Um, so the family Like it's funny Because at this point Greg and Susan Are like What is going on And then the two kids Are like You gotta get out of here Let's go You don't want to see this Trust us Because they've already Experienced this happen earlier When he um, devoured His knights of of obsidian Or whatever it was the paladins of obsidian. There it is There it is So yeah They go outside uh, we, we missed a point earlier though Where after they win Greg runs up to Cycle Gorman And is like We did it oh. And high fives him And he breaks the fuck out of his arm. Like the bone breaks fracture. Out of his like wrist. And it's like, oh my God. Which I have to ask, the whole movie, Greg is saying his hand and his wrist are hurting and he can't do these chores because of his wrist. Is maybe this why has, did he know he, this could happen? Maybe he's, he has
2: osteoporosis. He's just a brittle boy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we got the hunky boys and the brittle boys. That could be the name of the teams in our fucking crazy ball. Yeah, week. yo, That's we got a gotta, great idea. Yo, if we start this, we got to be the hunky boys. I'm totally okay? down, straight up. The mom is like, "We got to get you to a hospital before they all leave." We get the uh, the goodbye scene mm-hmm. where PG has to go, and Mimi's like, "Wait." You can't go. I think he turns to Mimi and
2: goes, For the first time in centuries, I feel whole. Thanks to your family, I now know the true power comes from within, the power of love. What? Goodbye, Mimi. Goodbye, Greg and Susan and uh, boy. It's time for me to take this newfound power And use it to destroy the galaxy. And then he goes through a portal and then starts blowing up things and just killing people,
1: making chaos happen. And then the the portal seals. Then we cut back to the home where they see on TV that Psycho Gorman is like nine stories tall and is destroying a Kansas (laughs) city. And um, everyone seems okay with it. Oh, why not? Everyone seems okay with it.
0: I mean, he has said that he will not kill Mimi. Not I will not kill you, tiny creature your yeah. idiot yeah, family, the family
2: yeah. has they've got a pass now from PG so that was nice. That's that. really all you want in life is just a,
1: a pass from being destroyed by a malevolent alien species. That's
0: yeah. all I've ever hoped
1: for. <laughs> that and popcorn
0: and sandwiches.
1: And sandwiches. And blood things. to shoot out of my eyes. And blood to shoot Man, you're getting a little too greedy. You're going to have a Wikipedia page soon. <laughs> Hear that Stuart wellington, you can stalk her for a change. <laughs> That's it. That's the end of the movie. The family seems pretty happy from what they're doing, mm-hmm. but the final scene as we're we're heading out is uh, we see a very nice house, a very classy house. Uh, a a man and a woman. It's like nineties classy. Yeah, and they're like, "Alistair, come to dinner," uh, and a giant brain monster jumps up to the table and is just like
2: it jumps is generous. S- like S- slides up brain tentacles to slap his salad
1: and it's basically this is nuclear family like dinner where this giant brain monster is eating a salad by like just like flapping it at his face his weird brain vagina hole in the front. How do you eat salad? (laughs) Not like that. Not anymore. Not since the uh, that time went to Super Salads and I got kicked out. But the family just seems to be okay with it. Like the mom and dad just seem to be fine with it. And again, back to that whole point of no one in this movie acknowledging that Alistair is a giant brain monster. Um, And then the movie ends and then we get the rap song that lets us know right
0: before the rap. We get our mid credit visit to the Gygax Council or whatever, and uh one of them pulls out a very old revolver and is just like, Do you think he knows how to find us? Well, there's always a way out. Who wants to kill
1: themselves first? <laughs> yeah. He goes, Oh no, do you think he could find us? And they're like, Well, at least we have plan B. That's when he pulls out this like I guess Rusted. like seventies like like fucking beretta revolver type thing. Yep. And he goes, Who wants to go first? <laughs> and the
0: brain in a jar kind of tentatively raises his hand.
1: <laughs> <laughs> which is, uh, and then it cuts out, and then we get our, our rap song about the plot of the movie, which Man, was
2: fantastic. It was. Everything about this movie was fantastic.
1: So that's it. Psycho Man. I can't recommend this enough. The, the soundtrack is awesome. It's so good. The effects and the costume design... Honestly, the work that went into the costumes alone, I can't imagine how much time and effort went. I wish I had prepared more with details about this because mm. it's its all so good, but... Um, the
0: practical effects are so much fun, and it's gross and weird and fast-paced and just thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah, and it's
1: a tight one, uh, 130 for John. Yeah. So in yeah. case yeah. he's worried about spending
2: It'll, too much time on this... It, it meets his qualifications, but this movie is everything i want a movie to be it was just so joyous at the end i had such a good time watching it it is easily in my top five movies of all time at this point
0: it's it's got it all it's got a rap summary it's got a hat trying on montage it's got
1: hunky boys who could forget the hunky boys i'll never forget the hunky
2: boys at this point
1: when the grave talk starts it's crazy ball league we will let everyone know yep and you can sign up so there will be the hunky boys there will be uh the paladins of obsidian mm-hmm. um we'll, we'll have a bunch of different teams
2: it'll so, be great
1: so hang in there but anyway thanks for uh stopping by you guys thanks for uh, helping fill out this episode uh we will be back uh, the following week with a regular episode and you can hit us up on thegravetalk.com where we post all of our new episodes we're also on itunes soundcloud all that fun stuff gray so, I know that you also have a podcast. You mentioned
2: it on the last episode you were on. Uh, do you want to go ahead and plug that real quick for everyone? Sure. Yeah. My podcast is called Outpost 31. It's me and my two buddies from Virginia, uh, Kevin and Dave. Dave! Dave! Uh, we uh, basically sit around, talk about some shit, talk about a movie for a few minutes, and they're basically just assholes the entire time. It's fantastic. Check it out. Outpost 31, uh, Stitcher. Apple, Spotify, yeah, it's on all those damn things. All
1: the places you get yep. stuff. I know, I know, PG would is listening um, as he conquers all
2: yeah, sorts of yeah, places. Yeah, I hope so.
1: Alex, do you have a podcast that you would like to promote? I would
0: love to promote a podcast. Uh, I don't know if you have all have heard of this, but the Flophouse Podcast with Stuart Wellington, in which I, with which I am in no way affiliated, but uh, highly recommend.
1: Give it a download. It's pretty good. There's also a, uh, a dude on there named Elliot Spitzer, Spicer. Don't Elliot Kaelin. It. Elliot Spitzer is like... I don't know his last name. It's Elliot something. Elliot Kalen. Elliot Kalen. Okay, I'm sorry, Elliot. Elliot Kalen. That dude, pretty rad. He's, uh, he knows a lot about comics. He's got some good taste in music. Mm-hmm. I hear he's a fan of the Monster Mash as well. He so, is. The Flophouse Podcast. Um, once you get done listening to The Grave Talk, and outpost 31 yeah uh you know give it a chance i mean i I, it's it's up and coming it may eventually become popular in the meantime you know this up and coming podcast that's been
0: around for i don't know 13 years something like that
1: you know you're on the grave talk right now you show some goddamn respect (laughs) (laughs) anyway thanks for stopping by guys and uh we'll catch you next time Bye -bye. Bye bye